0: this is an email letter which will land in your inbox on Fridays, sharing five of my favorite cultural or creative discoveries of the week. You'll find all that on lexonthedex.substack.com. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Hot Girls.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex on the Decks. I hope you're well. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Ashiba. Ashiba is an incredible artist. She's a producer, a DJ, a vocalist, and she works with many different people in many different ways. She's had a super international career, um, being growing up in Egypt and then moving to Denmark. But she's also spent a lot of time in Brazil. So we'll talk about building your global network as an artist and how important that is and how house music has this liberation to it on a global level. I think it's very easy to touch people in different countries with your music. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about establishing the right team around you, how she's found her people there and who she trusts when it comes to testing tracks. And, and developing those. One of the things that I really love about this conversation, which I hope you get from it, is uh, Ashiba, Sarah. She's very forthcoming about sharing her advice. And we talk about how important that is and how nice it is to be like, yes, this was a very specific thing that I did that you can do too. So without further ado, Ashiba on the Hot Girls podcast. Let's go. Ladies,
1: listen up. You're listening
2: to Hot Girls. Lex of the we in the mix. it's fire it going. we are
1: fire
2: from london for the world
1: let's go in
2: i knew that i always wanted to work with music in some form mm-hmm. uh, it started with me singing at the age of like i wrote my first song at the age of six or seven i think i was seven mm-hmm. around and then kind of things developed and 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 then i fell in love with the whole concept of djing and so on so i didn't start by being wanted to be but i knew that music was My way just had to find the right way. When you say you
0: wrote your first song at kind of six or seven, was it what kind of level are we talking? Like, were you in music?
2: Like, you know, a crush in school. And actually, the, it's funny, I actually found it not too long ago where I was like, what is this? And then I was like listening to it. It was just me recording it on like a small recorder kind of thing. And it's really nice to have now just to you know, see the development. Thank God it's gone in the right direction. But um, I remember I wrote it. It was, just, it was the melodies were not bad. Actually, I was, was like, for a seven-year-old, that was, that was okay. So. Mm. so you started as a vocalist and...
0: Did it when you first started working with producers? How did that come about? Did someone reach out to you, or
2: did you send a demo tape? I actually, I'm I'm very, um, I'm very proactive. So I was like, I wanted to, to work with a producer um, vocally. So I started researching and trying to get a hold of some different people see what it is and then I, I actually got in contact with a really nice a great producer here in Copenhagen when I moved to, to Denmark because I lived in Cairo before so and then I was like okay let's go to the studio I want to try to do some different things so it was actually me reaching out
0: <laughs> mm. how old are you when you moved over to
2: Denmark I was it was after high school so I was around okay like 19 okay uh, I think it was 19 18 19 right around there yeah. How did you find the the shift? It was very different uh, because I've always been in Denmark since I was a kid because my my mom's Danish, my dad's Egyptian. Okay. So so I I grew up in Cairo, but I moved here, and so that it was culturally very very different. Mm. Uh, but uh, musically, there was actually a lot of similarities. So it was um it was a it was a special time in my life let's just say that (laughs) yeah well I want to talk I really want to talk a lot about production
0: and how you've kind of learned the ropes with that because I think in Hot Girls we doesn't we don't talk too much about the gender gap in music but there's obviously a consciousness that that is such an issue and I think in music production is one of those things so how did you start what was the first step to actually learning how to produce and make your own music
2: well actually um As as we talked about, I started with the vocals and I, I really started learning how to write, produce my own vocals and so on. And then I think I was sitting in so many sessions where I was like, but I wanted, I would do this if it was me and I would, I was yeah. kind of, so I was like, okay, if, if you want to do something, you got to learn it yourself. So, so I started kind of getting in touch with some different producers that I thought had uh, that were super good, or i watched a lot of YouTube, a lot of <laughs> YouTube, uh, and started just taking it in small steps because it's such an overwhelming, uh, I still learning today, uh, every day. So, so I started taking small steps and getting to that level that I wanted to, but it was a very natural transition because I was working with vocals and so on. So, so, and I wanted to be better at it myself to do everything myself. I'm a control freak, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's hard not to be, I think, in music or in something, in something artistic that you love, because as soon as you start working with other people, obviously it's part of the joy of collaboration, you get their ideas. But when you have your own ideas and you have your own energy that you want to be bringing to tracks and stuff, there's like a frustrating gap when you can't actually make it happen for yourself.
2: It's super frustrating. It's really, really frustrating because, you know, you, you have it in your head and you have the idea and you, you kind of know what you want it to sound like. Mm. You don't have the the uh, tools to get it done. So I started trying to write down the things that I wanted to do and, and just taking it one step at a time. Pretty yeah. Much. yeah.
0: Yeah. I was having a little stalk online and I saw that you'd shared somewhere your studio setup. And I just wondered if you could chat us through it a little bit, like how you found your studio space and the process of making that feel like a kind of second home to you and what and what you felt like
2: you needed in there. It's funny because the studio that we had online was actually my old studio. Uh, ah, okay. And I loved it, but it was just, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot about energy mm-hmm. and a lot about the space that you're, because I spent so much time here. It needs to be the right energy, it needs to be the right room. And that room that we were in was just, it's, it's a, it was a little cold. It was huge, and I had it with another producer, and I, I just wanted my own space, kind mm. of. It started, so I found this really cozy. It's an old building in Copenhagen. You're not allowed to change much in the room because it's like a, it's like um, it's preserved. So, but there's a lot of great studios here, and a lot of creative people, and the energy when I came into the building, I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm. So I got this really cozy room here, and I've made it, um kind of like a second living room lots of green plants and um a really cute sofa my my dog is sleeping on it right now he's he's my little mascot he's always here and um getting my synthesizer wall done slowly and so on so and it's much smaller it's actually half the size but i felt like less was more for me i just mm. needed space that was and majority of the stuff that I do is on my laptop with my headphones so and my microphone or with my with my midi keyboard so I kind of scaled it down because I Mm -hmm. felt like I'd rather have the right energy and so that's kind of where um, I am now
0: yeah the synthesizer synthesizers really intimidate me how do you work with it do you just experiment with it
2: it's very overwhelming and that's why I kind of sold a lot of the stuff that I had and then mm-hmm. I started really focusing on because the thing is the creative process when I when I turn them on I want to be able to work right away mm-hmm. so I try to find synthesizers and 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 different equipment in the studio that is easy to use and it's I don't want to use 15 minutes or 20 minutes to find the right sound I want to be able to plug in and be like okay this works and then I twerk a little bit and da-da-da. I mean tweak not twerk <laughs> <laughs> I like that Let's just twerk little, and I twiggle it. Twiggle a little bit and see what it, happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, um so, and and what I've done is bought a synthesizer. I get to know it really well, and then if it doesn't work for me, I sell it because I want to have a collection of of synthesizers that I can use. Because I had a sh- shitload before that I didn't use. And one advice, piece of advice I got um was that buy something that you use and that you can actually use in, in like in, in your daily life, or else it's just a waste of space.
0: Yeah, I I saw um, a kind of masterclass with Luke Van Dyke uh, the other day and he was saying that that's really key to him is that when he basically wants to open his laptop and start working straight away. Exactly, exactly. Nothing that kind of complicates too much
2: or... Then I have my nerd days. I have these days I call nerd days where I just start just watching videos and, and be like okay I saw this article about the synthesizer and then I just watch videos and then I try different things and we have a lot of studios on the hall so I'll be like because there's this guy here who has a shitload so I go into and I'm like um, can I borrow that for like an hour and so I have my days but when I yeah. work when I have to create music it needs to be plug and play for me mm. that's super nice to be in a space where you're surrounded
0: by other producers as well so that you can go in and just be like if you do want a little break or a little bit
2: of inspiration for sure, for sure. That's why I also have the the DJ booth in the background. You can yeah. see I have my, my, my CDJs and my vinyl set up because sometimes when I'm just doing my thing and then I'm just like, oh, I'm just not there. Then I just close everything down and I step over there and I start playing some tunes and get into it. Yeah. wine, yeah. You know, whatever. And then just have, and then that kind of gets you. And then a lot of people come over and then they sit on the sofa and we play some tunes. Mm-hmm. So it's all, it's really, it's a, such a cozy space. And that was really important for me in the studio to have a space where there was kind of a community.
0: Yeah, super nice. And then your dog just has to, like, make a little bit of room on the sofa.
2: Yes, I think it seems right there. He's <laughs> having a good laugh right now. He looks so content.
0: I'm interested because, obviously, you started, as you say, with vocalist, and you're probably very familiar and very used to working with your vocals and very comfortable with that. Do you, when it comes to actually working with your own vocals versus working with other people's, do you have a preference or what's your kind of methodology? methodology for working out what you want against something that you're creating.
2: When we're, when I'm working with specifically vocals. Yeah. I do a lot of sessions with songwriters. I used to sit by myself and write mm. and then I met uh, my beautiful wife and she actually we started writing together and we write everything together. Mm. So all the, and then I started building on my network with songwriters and when corona hit I was kind of like okay I had a lot of time in the studio. I got a lot of time to think, okay, what do I want to do with the next steps and so on? So we've built this incredible team of female songwriters here. And because there's a lot of songwriters, actually, it's funny enough, we're talking about producers, vocalists and, and songwriters tend to be female and then producers tend to be male. It's kind of a, a dynamic, which I'm not saying in general, I'm just saying, it's usually like that. Yeah. So, and there's so many talented songwriters here in Denmark. In um, Scandinavia in general, we have so many talented songwriters. So we started creating this, what we call the Lady Gang Gang. So, yeah. <laughs> I was, love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we say when we finish, it's like Lady Gang Gang hit bang bang when we finished the song. So it was, <laughs> uh, we, we started working a lot together on creating top lines that we can use in house because I started as a vocalist and then mm. I went as a producer when it comes to house music I have a lot of experience with writing for house music which is a little bit different mm. and also because I know arrangement and production and so on so we're trying to create this really kind of unique space where we can do a lot of so I'm doing a lot of things for other producers too mm. hey Sarah can you help us make a top line I'm like I got the girls for you. And then, so, so, so that was, that's kind of, it's changed a little bit, um, uh, because I used to sit and work by myself and I found out that you also have to be good at reaching out when there's something that you're not good at, uh, especially in, instead of being in this little bubble. So I tried to be better at reaching out to people that are good at specific things that I'm not good at. So,
0: mm,
2: yeah. Yeah. You've obviously
0: been able to collaborate with loads of brilliant producers and, you know, I know about Vintage Culture and Nora and Pure, and I'm sure there's a gazillion others that you've worked with. How have those tended to come about? Because they're so global. And actually, one of the things that I really like about house music is it is so global and you can literally communicate with people that are in any country around the world. But yeah, how how have you kind of built those relationships?
2: Uh, It's funny, uh, like as I said earlier, I'm I'm really determined. I, I do this list every year with goals and I make them uh, goals that are easy to achieve because we tend to dream as musicians you know like I want a Grammy next year Nice, <laughs> so. so and and I always write a list of of artists that I like artists that I would love to collaborate with and and I set these goals for me that year to okay and so some of these artists I was like okay I really I love Nura and Pure I think she's amazing she's she's really um a great producer and a great person. So I was like, okay, I want to be able to work. So I start figuring out how to get in contact with these people, Mm -hmm. whether it's showing up or whether it's getting my agency to book me to something. There's such a big part of this, that's the network. And because it's such a global thing, it's, it's important to, when you get the chance to go meet these people, if there's an event or so on, you have to go. So I, and texting, sometimes I just go a deep dive on the internet, find out what their private email is and then just go at it. So I think it's, it's a lot of different. uh, That's what I did, for example, with Lane 8. Mm. I've been a huge fan of his for years and I wanted to release on his label. So I just kind of like, okay, have to find out how to get in contact with this man. So I think it's, it's a matter of figuring out what as an artist you want to do or who you want to collaborate and just go for it. So that's kind of what I've been trying to do. And it's been working so far. So,
0: I really like that was your answer. I always find when I'm speaking to people and some people are like, oh, I didn't really know how it happened. I'm like, OK, well, that's nice. But like I like it's nice to have things that you can kind of little nuggets that you can share with people and be like, you know, what? if you want this to happen for you, you just need to go after it.
2: Totally. And I think it's also important because I've exactly, I've met a lot of those people too. And I've sat and, and, and I'm doing this mentorship program here in Denmark with, with, and I think it's always important to give something concrete to people that they can use. Like, uh, oh, I'm not sure how that happened. No. Yeah. <laughs> the people, is there a certain person that I figure out, I'm sure with the social media today, you have some people that you know, that you know each other. It's such as actually, it's quite a small world. The house yeah. is not that, you know? So I'm always like, just, deep dive and figure out how to get
0: there. Completely. Have you had many situations where you've created a track that you've like thought, whether, whether it's as a vocalist or as a producer, where you thought, Oh, this is incredible. And you sent it out to labels and it hasn't had the response. Oh yeah. That you wanted. And in that situation,
2: what's been your kind of response? Um, it's always been, I think that first of all, I, I try to trust my gut if I feel a track, like I've had a, this vocal, uh, one of the tracks called the thrill that I released on D for dance not so long ago. Mm-hmm. That vocal, I made that vocal like eight years ago and it's had seven different productions, but I knew the melody. There was something about it. I just didn't let it go. So I always kind of try to trust my gut. And if a label, if I've sent it, of course, there's music is a matter of taste also. And Mm. those are also a matter of direction. So I try to send it where I feel like it could be a match. And if it's not, and if all of them are like, this is not, then I'm like, okay, there's something about this track. I need to go back, redo the production. But usually if I have a top line where I'm like 100% sure there's something there, I keep it in, in my box. And mm. I'm like, I'll get signed somewhere at some point with the right production. So um I try to always trust my gut and then regroup kind of. So
0: Yeah. One of the differences, I think, in one of the nuances of electronic music and the kind of more underground scene versus maybe more major label signings or the commercial more commercial spaces is that there's this, people almost release constantly it's like they've got a release coming out whether it's every month or every 6 weeks do you feel that pressure
2: yeah i think definitely under covid it's been you had to stay relevant some kind because mm. when touring before we could always kind of reach out and 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 get somewhere with you know playing and so on so I have, but I've also found out that that's, I think that four weeks or six weeks, it's, it's, it's actually, you don't have to, it's too soon. Like right now, we were going mm. now, but we decided to move it because there's so much music coming out right now. And Spotify and all these streaming and all these, they can't, they can't really um, tag along because there's too much music. So I think what I always try to say is try to keep a consistency throughout your releases and throughout the year it doesn't have to be every six weeks but just quality consistency that's what matters instead of I would rather have three strong tracks than six mediocre tracks you know what I mean so I try again to trust my gut and be like I feel like this one really is something so I'm going to put all my effort in that one this one ah maybe I'll wait for this one so it's it's also I felt the pressure but I've also tried to trust my own instincts um because I feel like they're they're okay they're doing quite well
0: that allows you to just kind of be continuously tuned in are you quite a spiritual person
2: i am energy wise and and mm. and so i like um but i i would say spiritually in yeah in 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 a non-religious kind of way if you understand yeah me. or um so yeah but for sure for sure definitely yeah
0: you like to kind of just check in with yourself
2: and be conscious and yeah and i also believe that you should surround yourself with with the right people and the right energy uh, mm positive energy but also people that give you just as much as like, like people that take but also people that give you because sometimes this industry can be really tough you get drained really fast because people mm. just pull and pull and pull so I think that I've, I've been really lucky and I have used a lot of energy to surround myself with as many amazing people not only very talented but also just good people
0: yeah because you're giving so much as well I think like when you're creating all the time and and particularly if you're performing as well that it requires a certain level of like invest energy investment from you how did you find were you touring a lot when covid hit
2: yes actually i had just released devotion on dftd and things started to really kick off that was 2020 right yeah that was 2020 was actually like 80 percent booked And it was completely cancelled in one week. So that was mentally exhausting. We were living in Brazil, me and my wife at that point. But we moved back to Denmark and kind of just reboot and uh, a really long look inside to figure out what the next step was. But yeah, it was so I went from completely full calendar to zero.
0: Yeah. And did you go to Brazil because of the music scene out there? Was that in the bookings and that?
2: Yeah, I, I actually I because when I made the track with Vintage Culture called Circles, uh, that was 2012 or 13, um, uh, he was really starting to grow in Brazil and he's a super great guy. And he is he originally from Brazil? Brazilian. He's Brazilian. Okay. Actually. And yeah. Um, we made that track. He contacted me and asked if I wanted to do a vocal. So I did it. And we then, that track became a success. And then we did one more. And so I, I felt like this connection to Brazil, this kind of magnet that was pulling me towards there. And so I went on my first tour, I got contacted by an agency, went on my first tour, fell in love with Brazil land. And it's that country is just pure love. It's amazing. And so I just felt completely drawn to it. And then, had a couple of tours and then we decided to move there because there was so much, you could tour your entire year in Brazil and not hit the same clubs twice. That's mm. such a big country. So, um, and i in love with it. It's beautiful. So kind of. Does your, does your wife go
0: with you? And does she generally tour with you?
2: She does. She does. She's um, we just kind of went where the music took us. We both mm. have such a big passion for music. So we, we, we went on an adventure and she she came with me. We do everything yeah. together and she's made me a better artist for sure.
0: It's super nice also because you go through all those experiences, which can be really exciting, right? But also sometimes can be like, this is so exciting. Like, it's nice to have that person around you who you know is going to be at the next one and then the one after. It's,
2: I'm so lucky to be able to share that with a person that not, not only do I love, but actually sees the potential in like Mm. together and I remember this this moment where we had written this song called make it better and I remember I was playing it in Brazil this is not too long ago it was a little bit like maybe a a, six months before COVID hit and like the entire crowd I think it was like around 3,000 4,000 people started singing it so I stopped and I turn around and I look at her and she's like we just that was a song that we wrote together and it was such an important song for us and to share that moment with these people singing it, and I'm looking at her, and she's like, "It was just such a special moment. I'm never going to forget that day." So that was really, mm. it's it's really, I'm really lucky to be able to do that with her. I feel like I'm
0: gonna, I kind of maybe already know the answer to this question because you've lived in so many different places. But are you, and is traveling just a very natural part of you? Are you a good traveler?
2: <laughs> I love I love the tour life. I love being on the road. I love it. I love traveling for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Are you a light packer? How do you handle that? Because also you want to look like, I think you kind of want to wear different things each place you're performing. How do you handle that? The
2: fashion. <laughs> I know. Well, actually it's funny because my wife said that to me all the time. I don't have that many things. I have like I like have a certain amount of pieces of clothes that I use for a certain amount that I'm so um. I've been really lucky, and that's the funny thing. When 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 you have you have to have so many shows, you're like, okay, you have to wear different things. You can't wear the same outfit too many <laughs> Yeah, These guys, just throw on a black t-shirt. <laughs> but it's not the same thing. So I've actually aligned myself with some really really great designers mm-hmm. that um, give me outfits. Like for example, for October, what I'm doing is I'm uh, he's a Danish designer called Nikolai Storm. He's amazing. Actually, wearing that.
0: I really really like that jacket. <laughs>
2: It's, he's he's incredible and he does these very unisex kind of things so we've made a partnership where he's going to design a certain amount of, of outfits for mm. me for the shows and it's just, i'm so happy everything he makes fits me perfectly so i'm just I'm, I'm super tall and he's super tall so he makes them on his own body which is perfect so I found a way out of it but before it was like you really had to be like oh shit I got like t- seven shows what am I gonna wear so, so.
0: <laughs> yeah how are you thinking when you're looking at obviously you're now based in europe? I'm in London and how, where are you thinking, like where are your plans to kind of travel and focus your touring um, energy? Cause as you said, you could spend just like a chunk of time in Brazil or Latin America and, and scratch the surface. There's a huge scene in Europe. Um,
2: yeah. No, actually we, we, we had a um, I'm definitely, going, I'm going back to Brazil next month actually uh, on a tour and I'm always going to be there in the winter side of your, your, the European winter summer over there. Mm. So I'll be chasing the sun as, as much as I can But we're starting finally to open up For different regions We have the US coming next year tour. Um, I'm working on exactly a Europe tour I'm coming to the UK and, and so on So, And we have an agency now in Asia So we're we're opening up So I'm probably going to be based here in Copenhagen Because mm-hmm. travel and, and my family's here And then I'm going to be traveling around But I am going to spend a lot of time in Brazil because, uh, When I can Because I just absolutely love it there
0: yeah, have you had the opportunity to play in London
2: much? No, I haven't, and I really, really want to. I think I've. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, I, I can't wait to to come to London and play.
0: It's fun. I think you'll find the crowd very high energy.
2: <laughs> I can only imagine.
0: <laughs> Particularly at the moment, there's a really nice, and I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it's happening. I mean, I've only said I haven't actually left. I've been to I do to think where I've been, I've been to Ibiza, I've been to Barcelona the past like since things have started opening up again and obviously there's like good energy everywhere but I think there's just this sense of huge relief and passion with people over here at the moment that they're just like I can't believe this was taken away from me for a period of time like I will not take it for granted
2: yeah ever again you know there's this yeah it's 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 really it's such a there's a lot of love let's just say mm. I, I played one gig here in Copenhagen um, not too long ago, and I'm actually playing tonight, so I'm excited about that. And I remember it was just it was there's so much love, people were so happy, and there were, you know how sometimes people you know a little bit you know in the club, and there's a little bit, but no, it was just poor yes. energy, which was mm. such a beautiful feeling to to get back to. Let's just hope we can keep on holding on to it. That's what yeah. I. Remember. Yeah, it's right? a special feeling. it's really special. Uh, people say there's a theory that says. After like like we having the the new the, the new Gatsby period because after everything that happened you know when things go like really bad they start to get really good so hopefully we'll have a good uh, happy period coming up a good run of it. <laughs> Are
0: there certain gigs that you feel extra pressure for, as in like almost emotional pressure on yourself that you think I really want to be absolutely like my best at this
2: show? Every show. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a perfectionist and I'm a control freak and I try to bring my absolute 110 even for me it's not necessarily about 10,000 people or 300 people it's about the ener- energy and and I feel like if you have that if you have a, a good club try very different uh situations and I try to give 120 percent every single show
0: I think that's kind of part of being an entertainer and part of being a performer isn't it yeah Which you are you sort of I mean even as a DJ even Though you're kind of creating a vibe that's like over there, even if you're playing somewhere where you're not
2: central, you still feel like you're central to the energy of the space. Completely. Even if it's like, I've I've played growing up and so on. I've played plenty of weddings. I still do once in a while because I I love, you know, when you come. To lucky, lucky couples and you're like, yeah, okay. (laughs) And that is, it's just, it's such an important thing who the DJ is. I was just as a good example. I was at a wedding two weekends ago with a DJ. Mm -hmm. Oh bad. And it just completely drains the energy out of the party. So the DJ is such an important part of it, completely. Mm.
0: But I've had I've I find it difficult with weddings though, because I've had friends say, like, oh, would you DJ at my wedding? And I in my head, I'm like, I am not the right DJ for what I know what you want at your wedding. And like I don't have any Rod Stewart, even though I love I, he's great, like You need someone who knows, like who knows exactly that vibe that you want for your day.
2: Yeah. No, it's true though. It's 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 a completely different vibe. Uh, and 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 so so yeah, you have to put a different hat on. When when they ask me and I say yes to it, or they book me, I'm like, I I have to put a completely different hat on. But somebody I know and I love, I'm like, you know what, why not? That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. It'll still be fun. So you
0: mentioned, obviously, you've grown kind of different teams as you've grown and as you've worked with different people in different territories. What's your team like now? I always think it's interesting because people obviously see you as the brand, but there's like lots of different people working behind the scenes and particularly when you want to start thinking about entering different territories. How have you kind of formed those relationships and who are you working with at the moment?
2: It's such an important thing because it's funny you say people see you on stage, but there's a whole machinery behind you without them. You are like, you're just, it just talent is just not enough today or mm-hmm. I don't think it was. But I think that if, there's so much more to get the car going than just, you know, the motor or the wheels and so on. So I've, as I said, my wife was a huge part of that shift because she's worked with marketing for so many years she's worked with and she's has one I, I call her she has some she has golden ears mm-hmm. she's something and she's like or she just has that uh, um she works with innovation on a regular basis so she understands that and we had a complete reboot of of the management uh, like everything and we sat down we we're like okay what people do we want i have an amazing amazing management team they're actually based in brazil they believe in the project also because like you said i sing i produce i I do a lot of things and that can be confusing we can go so many directions so we we have such a good team that understands the potential of the project so lucky to be working with people that see that um and that genuinely like me as a person which is such an important part it's uh, that that don't only see a product but they they like me as a person and we have such a good chemistry which is such an important thing so we have um uh, a team uh, of of three great 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 managers in in brazil my wife is also part of the team and um the booking agencies we have different places are based on the region because they know that region does so well Mm. so but it's such a strong team. I'm so happy with the team that we have right now.
0: It's so nice as well. And as you said, like, it's people that you feel you can be completely honest and open around, which is so important. You don't feel like you need to be like, oh, they've got an angle on this. I need to make sure I word
2: things so that they. And I trust, you know. It's so important that you trust them. I've had managers before and it's ended in situations where not good. But these people I genuinely trust. So
0: obviously you just said you trust your wife, golden ears. How do you. How often do you share your work before you've finished it?
2: Uh, with her or in general? It, both. Okay. With her every day. Uh, I told her today, like I was sitting and trying to write something by myself the other day and I was like, what would she think? And I was like, Damn it, this is really <laughs> annoying. I don't even trust things anymore. Uh, but no, actually I share everything with her and um, we do a lot of ping pong. There's a lot of things production wise where she's like, I can't help you there. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But comes to the melodies and she plays piano herself and so on, she'll be like, that's nice. I wouldn't go this way probably or something like that. But actually I share, if I have a good feeling in my stomach, i share it on social media too. Like the other day, I did a, like I'll, I'll do a top line and I, I love it. So I, I share pretty much something online every single day, whether it's a nice sound that I found or a nice melody that I did or a bass line that I love or a track that I found. So I try actually to share because getting that response is such an important part of, of what we do. Mm. Well, we've been able to test it on dance floors for two years. So yeah. it's nice to be able to use uh, social media and online to get feedback.
0: Yeah, and also you never know who's listening and where collaborations might come from.
2: I've, I've had so many of those collaborations. That's also when, I, when people tell me, I'm like, put your stuff out there, mm. get some feedback, get some, get out of your little bubble because you can sit and work on a track and then all of a sudden like four days have gone by and you're like, oh, I haven't eaten anything. You know what I mean? So it's also, you need to take a step back maximum, like I'm maximum six hours in the studio at a time. So it's really important to use what you can to get feedback out there in touch with people. When it
0: comes to the like, Work hard, party hard, tr- travel lifestyle. Where do you slot in? Are you quite like disciplined and healthy when you're touring, or are you like? Eh.
2: <laughs> I would say it differs. It, it actually, if I have like, because I, I I usually sing or I do like a live hybrid set. So I have. So if I have like six shows in a row, I can't mm. go on a bender. That said, depending on the like, I've been something shows where I'm like, okay. I'll tell my tour manager, I love her, Sabrina. She's, she's a crazy but she's like, she's like, you know, the the best. And so she'll be like, Sarah, we have to go home. I'm like, one more drink, just one more. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, damn it. We have to fly in 30 minutes. I kind of think so. (laughs) So it kind of depends on what mood I'm in. It really differs. I can't say I'm one or the other. I'm a little bit of both.
0: Yeah, that's good. I think that's good though. That allows you to have healthy balance.
2: It's important. Balance is important. Whatever you can't just, you know, one or the other. It's important with balance.
0: Yeah. Okay. The final question I have for you, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but obviously there is such a huge gender gap when it comes to music producers. And I read some advice that you gave in an interview that I'd love for you to just unpack a little bit or say whether you, you still agree with it. So you said, take your time, make lots of mistakes and don't be afraid to ask for help.
2: Yes, totally. I think that those are three pieces of advice that I live on every single day, actually. And I take my time with things and you know like we talked about it's really frustrating when there's something that you want to do and you can't and and i try to take my time with figuring out how to get there mm-hmm. being a producer is it takes such a long time to get good at everything like if it's arrangement if it's and and i said like i said i i i learn something new every single day so i would definitely say take your time write down a list of things that you want to learn if you see something put a little star in it and and put it on for later and then and take your days I always say take a day where you're just researching and Mm. so much information online today you can learn so much online you can take master classes you can there is no excuse for you not to do what it is that you want to do and especially if we want that gender gap to taint uh, we have to bring the level of professionalism even higher up like I have to, if if it's here, I have to bring this to the table okay. and then make mistakes. That's the best way to learn. And it's the best way to build your confidence, I feel for me, because you get to feel that emotion of oh, shit, I fucked up or something, or I did something wrong. And that's, that's a good feeling to have. It's not something that you should, because failure is not a bad thing. It's something you learn from and people are so scared sometimes to to fail that we don't even take a risk of doing that but i think it's such an important part of growing as an artist is taking risks so i always try to tell people to do that when they're in the industry so last thing said. don't be afraid to ask for help definitely i do that on a regular i am good at knowing my limitations and if i haven't learned something yet i'll 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 be like okay and because network is so important and if you're good at um, giving and taking, then there's a lot of people around you that you can always find somebody to ask. If it's an artist that you love, send them a message. You never know. Mm-hmm. It. And and then they maybe be able to give you a, a bit of advice or help you listen to a track, give you some feedback. It's so important to reach out for sure. Yeah.
0: I think that's one of the really positive things about the world today is that the tools for sharing are so easy and accessible and I'm going to actually probably butcher this quote, but there's a great quote that I really love, which is like the best way to retain information is to share it. sure. And so I think that's true. And I think people know that you kind of, most people are very happy to tell you things and it comes back to
2: you. I think it's so important, and exactly like you said yourself, it's it's a tool we have. There's so much information out there, and and we can also share things and get it so easily. Social media, people are like ah, oh, focus on being in the studio, just work in the studio. Mm-hmm. Like social media is not a negative thing; it needs to, you can use it as a really, really how can I say, a great tool to give you a lot again if you mm-hmm. use it. It's free; it's free PR. It's great. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. Actually, I have one tiny final question for you. Ableton or Logic
2: or other? Well, actually, now I'm going to be a little bit in the middle again, aren't I? I actually, because I started producing, uh, well, I started producing vocals in Logic because Logic had comping and all these things that you could do. And then I started producing uh, music in in Ableton because a lot of of the producers that I was working with, and it's just so much easier to produce. uh, So I was doing vocals here and Ableton, I was doing production. but now ableton 11 has comping so i'm going over there i'm not there yet but i'm gonna say ableton thank you so much for anyone who's listening who doesn't
0: currently follow you um actively where can they find you on socials where you at
2: i am on every can of. well actually no i'm not on tiktok but i'm on <laughs> I'm on soundcloud i'm on um, twitter facebook uh i mostly use instagram and soundcloud because i think there's they're great places to share music and so on so Find me wherever, just search for Ashiba and you'll find me out there. Have you confirmed or locked any of your UK
0: gigs? We do actually amazingly have quite an audience in South Korea as well, so I don't know if
2: you're out there Yeah, Actually not yet, but it's it's going to be in, in 22. I'm, I'm headed for Brazil in October and I'm going to be back here. I might be going to the UK in November. I'm working mm-hmm. on it right now, but things are so unsure and it's just super hard. So I've had gigs that have been cancelled and and set. So Maybe in November, 100% next year, for sure.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for talking to us today. I've really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Me too. And thanks for having me. Thank you. And good luck with your gig tonight. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. What up? Let's. We, we keep our eyes on the prize. If no surprise, good women with this Ride. INSPIRING, CELEBRATING, UPLIFTING THE NEW GENERATION oh, TO HOT GIRLS, YOU KNOW THE VIBE, yeah. ALL THE HOT GIRLS COME ALIVE All THE to HOT GIRLS, YOU KNOW THE VIBE, ALL MY HOT GIRLS COME ALIVE